0: Welcome to the Ross Republic podcast. I'm Adrian, partner for digital banking. And in this episode, we're going to talk about a really exciting topic, which is the intersection of payments and investing. And for that, I'm joined by Fabian Moore. He's the co-founder of Unit Plus, a new fintech company from Berlin. Thanks Fabian for joining. Great to have you here. How are you doing?
1: Hi, Adrian. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm doing pretty well. I hope you too.
0: Yeah. Amazing, so Fabian has a background in economics and finance. Um, he worked for more than four years at Flussbach von Storch, one of the leading independent asset managers in Germany, covering payment and software um, companies. And he elaborated profound investment cases within those sectors. So he's he obviously is an expert in, in payments and had a really good insight into how these industries work, I would say. Um, And after recognizing that there is no real bridge connecting the world of payments and investing, he decided to co-launch a new fintech venture in that space, which is now Unit Plus. Um, In my research, um, I found a few explanations of what you're doing. I found the easiest one to understand is probably that Unit Plus basically combines the um, simplicity of money as a means of payment with the return potential of the capital market. So unused money is automatically invested from a reference account, and that can then be used as a payment thanks to the unique pay-with portfolio mechanism. Um, so as a first question, question I would ask you, Fabian, um, because the concept sounds very unique, I'm sure there's nothing like that, at least in Europe um, for now. How would you describe the value proposition of what, what you're offering with Unit Plus?
1: yeah yeah thanks thanks for that question first of all that's a really fair um, point you just mentioned i would say that's actually more the academical side of describing unit plus what you just mean with a yeah. payment as a means of payment and the capital market potential but it's actually also bringing us to the heart of the whole unit plus concept we understand us unit plus as a digital um, investment management asset management company that really likes to help people invest in a smartly and wise decision in the capital market on an optimized on a lifestyle related optimized way so we take care of the spare changes that otherwise at the end of the months were just laying around on the reference account and obviously with uh, Almost three trillion US uh, euro in in Germany alone, laying more or less interest free in the in the in the uh, bank accounts and uh, fixed uh, fixed money products. There's a huge potential. So we like to take care of that money, invested wisely in the stock market through passively managed index force, and on the other side, and that's, I think, is really one of the unique selling points here for Unit Plus. We give everybody the easiness and convenience of paying with that portfolio, like any other debit card in the world. I mean, there are, I guess, over 7 billion debit cards issued by, or or also credit cards by Visa and MasterCard, and that is the first unique one that gives you the excitement to pay whenever you like with your ETF portfolio.
0: All right. Amazing. So I think in this episode, we will, of course, then discuss like, first of all, the state of the market, investing, savings, payments in Germany, sure. and then also um, discuss a little bit on, on a detailed level, how your proposition and your business model works. However, my first warm up question would be because I always find it interesting when people switch from corporate life to startup life. Um, and you obviously spend some time at a large asset manager. So how, now that you're working at your own startup, um, what has changed or what aspects do you like most about uh, now building a new company?
1: Yeah, I have to say after university, I was actually not thinking about starting at one point in time, my own company and my two co-founders, Kerstin and Sebastian, haven't thought so the same. So we are, we three are here really, really identical. Um, And I think if you ask me, uh, I think the most exciting part is really building something up from scratch where you believe in, where you also believe it is making a difference for the end customer and where you also have the, um, let's say, the willingness to achieve something, willingness to achieve something that nobody has done before. And that is obviously quite exciting. On the other side, also, you have to be a bit stress resistant because as every startup founder knows, not everything is working like it should work at first glance so you really need some also always plan b and some stress residency here but uh, i would say the the personal fulfillment in building something up is the greatest uh, difference compared to a corporate life or a working job
0: I also actually saw, I think on LinkedIn, that you last year you met um, the founder of Twitter and Square or Cash App, uh, Jack Dorsey, um, and and wrote a few words about it, and that he's kind of a role model, obviously, and I think for many people because I mean two yeah. hugely successful companies, obviously. So, so in your opinion, like, is there something that entrepreneurs can learn from him, or is um, is I mean, he's, he's. I think he's also a kind of controversial figure, obviously, because like he now has two companies under his, um, you know, management. So, what, what do you think about it?
1: Yeah, and for for stock market investors, he's definitely controversial, because stock market people like focus, and if Jack Dorsey has two companies, uh, at least a couple of people think he cannot focus on both, and specifically two so totally separated verticals, right? One more social media, and one more payment. Um, I think a role model, you you don't or you don't have to focus on one thing that you can learn from that person for me it is really how jack dorsey thinks behaves and tries also to reflect that in his uh, general doing and what i find quite astonishing uh, is that he built it up a company with square specifically that he he built up a brand within a more or less brandless environment the payment industry was before that more or less uh, brandless. nobody knows how many different uh, angles and companies are making the whole ec- ecosystem uh, work and jack dorsey really started something a little bit like the apple idea that is also nicely looking has more customer touch points so i think his whole, at least uh, to mention one point, his whole brand vision and how you build up a product that is resonating to the end customer, not only helping the person, but also resonating. uh, I think that is really one thing I find quite astonishing. And I agree, he's a bit controversial for sure. So uh, a role model can be, I think, also controversial at, uh, at a certain extent. Uh, yeah. But obviously, he he, he he is a person who is really trying also to make the world somehow a better place and has ideas and is also standing to his North Star. He's not changing uh, yeah. because uh, investors, yeah. for example, the stock market say so.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I find it very interesting, also as a case study for SME banking, because uh, I, in a way he's he's definitely um, exemplifying the new, um, like the, you know, the new wave of fintech founders or fintech companies at least that really start with a customer problem, a deep understanding of what's not working. Yet there might be many solutions, but um, he found a way to really solve a pain point better than everyone else, and then completely first like unbundled this with this merchant acquiring tool that he, that he launched and then he built up an uh, extremely interesting portfolio of services under Square. So I think that's an amazing case study.
1: Definitely, yeah. I can highly recommend if somebody's interested in fintechs to look at the last investors day presentation of Square, for example, to get a understanding of the ecosystem and they are at the forefront in a lot of things. Hopefully we at least did one thing even more than they are, but we will see and have to have to work for that yeah cool
0: if you switch now the focus to this german market or or europe let's say um the state of the market and i would maybe start the whole story with um yeah a big issue actually which is uh, negative interest rates um in combination with a lot of money lying around um, uh, bank accounts or like savings accounts um, and I really enjoy actually your posts of Unit Plus and also on your personal account on LinkedIn, where you frequently um, publish some statistics and interesting comparisons about the state of the market. Um, but I would say in general, um, there is this combination of negative, negative interest rates. Plus, you have um, a lot of deposits lying around. Um, then, um, yeah, so there's a big loss, obviously, that people experience. Uh, money is kind of melting away. Um, especially Germany, you have this historic loss of purchasing power currently going on. Yeah, so and, and inflation kind of destroys the wealth day by day, and I think that's that's a post actually that you had on LinkedIn. There are over 2.8 trillion euros are stored more or less on bank accounts. Now, currently in August, we had an inflation rate of uh, 3.9%, and uh, the annual annualized wipe out of purchasing power. I think you compared it compared it to the um, estimated net worth of Bill Gates which is Mm. approximately the same, it's 110 billion euros. How do you look at this whole issue, Um, especially maybe in regards to Germany as not being a market that has historically been uh, invested a lot in the stock markets? um, And maybe that's changing at least now in the the last months. How do you see that whole issue?
1: Yeah, the the current drivers you mentioned are definitely drivers for the whole investment space, like negative interest rates, like inflation is eating up the, the spare savings and uh, and stuff like that. But actually, I would start one point earlier with, as you mentioned in your last comment, Germany in general and Europe also has not a real investment culture, right? So uh, regardless if there is high or low interest rate, uh, environments, it makes sense to invest in the stock market to yeah. also get at least an return potential that is in the long run happening and possible by investing in broadly spread for portfolios for example so the current drivers they are like a catalyst definitely Um, as a startup founder i obviously don't like to pitch what every investment company can pitch what you just mentioned i think our answers we can dig deeper into it convenience a more personalized investment approach and also the handiness of using it as a debit card transaction whenever you like is our approach to really tackle the I would actually say even the blue ocean of people in Germany it's over 80% still that are not invested in the stock market at least that is a number I read from end of 2020 maybe in the last months a bit more has changed but in general uh, it's it's really an, an huge potential and specifically the 2.8 trillion that's a, a number coming from the Deutsche Bundesbank right um, when you when you compare it it is it makes ridiculous no sense and uh, it is actually sad to see that so much uh, uh, money is wiped out only because it is just yeah. laying around in, in on, on reference accounts
0: fully agree yeah and i also saw in preparation some interesting uh research on the net assets um uh, across europe so on a country level a comparison where basically france spain Ireland, um even cyprus are ahead of germany so germans um do not have that much assets put aside at the same time they're not really investing so obviously that's that's a ticking time bomb i, I would say
1: De- definitely and i mean even in the current election right happening in two weeks there are a lot of ideas how we can help people also invest more for for retirement and in general i mean look the i don't like to be to get too deep into it but currently there's a huge uh, distribution of wealth from people that are savers, we all save and we don't get any interest rate anymore. And the people, unfortunately, a small minority, mostly the the richer part is invested in the stock market that went up, 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 so you got all the return there for a small minority, but everybody, even if he's not invested, feels the pressure from the interest rate environment. When you think that the rich, is, the, richer, the rich people are even getting richer, it's also, I think, a huge social issue that is going to happen here. And due to the, I don't like to blame the ECB or the Federal Reserve, but due to their low interest rate environment, it was even a catalyst for the rich people get richer because they had invested in the stock market and we're able to gain the fruits here over the last year. So I guess in general, that's a huge problem. And tackling that investment space, regardless with any uh, w- solution, they are more than just Unit Plus out there, I think is, uh, is really an, a good spot and a good uh, mission to be in.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And it's, it's also astonishing that most people still, um, at least 55% in 2019, what I saw on Statista is basically that the uh, savings account is the by by far like the leading savings product of the germans whereas that obviously practically gives you nothing in return Um, so um, i guess yeah that that's why maybe there's this huge um yeah not demand but at least it's a huge pain point that people somehow need to solve right and even even if you had in the last years a lot of robot advisors um, coming up that basically took investing on a digital level and digitalized a lot of the customer journey. It still requires a conscious decision to really, you know, open up a new um, deposit account, go from K by C, then you transfer money there, which takes one or two days, and then you have to decide which um, portfolio you want to invest in and so on. So it's a very conscious decision. And I guess they, they grabbed um, the market um, that of, of people that would already have invested one day or another or in one product or another. So there's a massive... TAM, basically, um, of not only money, but also people probably that would need help, an easier way to save, like an easier, and as you mentioned, uh, the amount of cards that are in circulation would probably be like the Trojan horse that you're using because it's in every wallet already, so how to use that as a tool, people know it, they pay it already every day, so use that as an entry door probably to help them save.
1: Definitely. That's really well said. And I agree with you with the state of the robo-advisor market. I think actually in Europe, not only in Germany, the US is a bit further down the road. It's a good idea to make it more digital cost-efficient, but unfortunately they were not able to tap into a new market. It was really more the people who are, I think also in general, male, um, 40 plus invest tens of thousands and now a bit interested, like what kind of algorithm is behind it and, and stuff like that. But that's unfortunately not a product that is resonating with the mass market. And I think even the name robo-advisor is to a certain extent misleading and, uh, yeah. I, I can understand, and that's obviously why we don't see us as a robot advisor competitor, even though that we also uh, manage the products passively and have a digital investment journey. Uh, I, I think working more end-to-end from an end-customer perspective and offering a more personalized investment perspective uh, that offers more convenience and flexibility. And you mentioned the statistic with the... Um, checkings and savings account. Uh, We have a lot of money there. So why not making it as easy as a checking account, but with the return potential on the capital market is our, yes, unique way. And we think really promising way to tackle it um, uh, compared to other, uh, for example, other um, players out there.
0: Okay. And um, yeah, I think there's so many topics we could talk about the market yeah. and, the, and the dynamics, but I would then um, basically jump in right into your um, into your business. Um, and um, I would like to start with the target groups, because I know when, when I met you, um, I don't know, like last year, I guess, like that was uh, quite a while ago, when you mm-hmm. have just been um, building up the company, um, you were talking about student associations as potential first target groups, because I think that's for every fintech, a really critical question. Who do you want to target as your first customers? Because um, obviously what we just talked about, people have habits, people have the money somewhere. So it takes a conscious effort to actually um, get it somewhere else or invest somewhere else. Um, So uh, can you share a little bit how you approach your go to market, like uh, the target groups
1: that you're after? Definitely. The um, interesting thing with unit Plus is, since you mentioned in the beginning, it's the combination of the investment and payment world, which we what we currently find out and we find quite interesting and promising is that a younger generation with younger and uh, younger. I mean, really 20 to 25, 26, 27 are really, really interested in the combination of investing and paying with your investments. It's really yeah. they are connected to both parts directly. I understand the value proposition, it's invested when I like to need it whatever reason for the new pair of sneaker or for a pizza in the evening i can use it that's fancy that's cool and, and actually makes sense because the money is just in time ready for use before that it was invested so the younger generation we see is really resonating even stronger to the combination and when you go a bit up the leather in terms of age we see the investment part itself is becoming even more important the convenience aspect and the um the kind of um, um, easiness is still really important, but then it turns out that the investment is even more interesting. And as you said nicely, the drawing and horse is really the kind of debit card, what we call investment card, what we are building up, right? The technical term is still a debit card. We are working with MasterCard here. I think uh, that are currently really easy, uh, interesting statistics we see. We are not live yet, right? But in terms of, uh, campaigns we already started in terms of who is resonating to what uh, message I think we are really in a nice spot because we can play both stories quite well the more fancy and new and meaningful way of invest and pay and the more invest and then pay for whatever you like kind of way so um, that's first of all a kind of data points we are currently seeing and they are really promising because it's a combination that is sweetened in our understanding the whole investment journey up and you mentioned then the overall target group Um, it is it will be um, the the middle of the 20s until the uh, beginning and upper 30s because we think here most people started to earn money or have some money laying around normally when you are 18 coming from school or uh, you know, some other things, you don't have that much money to really manage it and invest it. We see here more the kind of uh, uh, trading products resonating because they, uh, the people hope if I buy one stock, I might get really rich. That's not. Uh, we, we are not selling that hope. We are really investing in well-diversified, uh, portfolios where we think that makes also sense from a diversificational, from a geographical uh, aspect so that is really more a product that is in this kind of way um, putting the rationalities how I think also my background at least is speaking to that I uh, think yeah. investment should be seen we don't we don't see us as a trading on new kind of new broker company so we also yeah. don't see us as a competitor here
0: Okay, interesting. And also, I think um, what you mentioned so far about how to acquire clients and campaigns. So that means you're going after the kind of um, traditional way of just launching online campaigns um, and trying to get customers from that. And then also the Unit Plus uh, Units program, which I found very interesting as a type of referral program where people can basically save um, units or points and then convert that into money, right?
1: Exactly. So I think in general, uh, but I am probably not the best uh, person to speak with, The Referrals are one of the best aspects yeah, absolutely. of how you get That's... a financial product. I also heard it quite a lot that makes sense. Specifically, for I mean, money management investing is one of the hardest selling propositions because you're really touching customers' money, not uh, not uh, from from a hand perspective. I mean, it more anecdot- anecdotally speaking. So here it is really if if you know somebody who's already using it, obviously you trust that person more. And as I, I said, we we always think from making investing as easy as possible and staying uh, close to our heart here. So the unit concept is also a kind of interesting, I would say, bonus mechanism for, uh, for our investment product. We are not... Uh, Uh, issuing, uh, we are not giving one euro back to the customer, for example, or 10. It's really more uh, trading that into then ETF shares, because also obviously we think uh, ETF and investing in the portfolios makes the most sense and not giving away uh, fiat money, for example, because obviously that's what we like to to change, right? Uh, The fiat money into the investment, putting that into the investment world. But that is a second element. I think really interesting will be also, and we got a lot of outreaches uh, after the first article went live about us, uh, micro-influencers, even bigger influencers, that really, get the push from their community hey is that a product i can use so a lot of even people with almost 100k financial instagram followers reached out to us because they got the push from the community and asked the the person hey is that a product so that will be definitely something we will also explore um, those kind of influencers uh, and if the push is coming from them that's even nicer right Than it is uh, than coming from the company itself so once again and that's I think really uh, positive for us to see the whole concept is resonating really well and uh, yeah that's, that's maybe the third aspect in go to market we think is highly interesting. But obviously there are also some 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 more own channels like our own Instagram, our own blog. We will have we have a LinkedIn you mentioned. So there are a couple of, of stages here and we just begun with it to be to be honest. Our CMO joined beginning of August, so still quite some time uh, and work to do.
0: Absolutely, fully agree, and I also can fully imagine that uh, there was a big resonance in the market um, for this concept um, because I fully understand the pain point. Sometimes you just build up over a few months um, money lying around in your account, and you're like, okay, why do, you know I don't need it right now. So I, and I would love to have this invested somewhere, but maybe you know you never know. Maybe in, in, in three months or, or, or nine months, whenever I would need a little bit of that. Um, and usually, like if you go to um, you know the other fintechs that allow you to invest. Once you have it there, it's, it's, you can, of course, get it back and, and sell some um, investments off, but I'm not sure how many people actually do that. Because for me, um, I had the same idea that I just put it in some ETFs, but now I would rather leave it there because it would be too much hassle to get it, take it out. So I feel like your concept that you're building here is extremely unique um, and, and it's also a huge pain point.
1: Definitely, and we also and we heard that quite often. It's an interesting hook, right? Because once the person started to invest and in feels over the long run the beauty of investing, we uh, we also assume that more money is invested through Unit Plus than it is spent, right? So it is easy and an interesting way also how you get the message out, dear. Uh, potential customer start investing with the flexibility, with the convenience and even the smoothness. And one of our uh, advisors and investors, it always speaks about the wow effects. With a fintech, you're always a B2C product. You have to bring wow effects to the end customer. And I think it is a really great wow effect when you first time pay with your ETF portfolio, hopefully even with your positive return. That's how you bring people and motivate people to start investing. And the whole investment journey within UNIT Plus, we would say, is That was somehow also done before that, right? It's a well-diversified portfolio. You can argue a bit more sustainability or a bit less. We try to have a bit more focus here. But the investment in general, and that's also not how we see us, is not the most crucial aspect. How the end customer resonates with the investment product and how he or she feels connected to it and how we as a, company can optimize the investment behavior to make sure that the right amount of money is invested on a monthly basis, on a highly automatic way, and on the other side, giving us the psychological and positive effects of Having that money always ready, even if you're traveling abroad and stuff like that, that I think is a really, uh, the really the, also the, the part that has left, uh, have, has left outside the whole universe over the last last 30 years, because in general, we think. Um, Asset management industry hasn't changed over the last 30 years a lot. Why 30 years? For 30 years the first ETF came to the market and totally now ETF, active versus passive management, is a huge, huge uh, thing. Now the sustainability part, is, but I wouldn't say that's a change in the market, that's more a behavior and I think a good one, Uh, but the whole customer journey there has nothing changed and also in terms of optimization uh, the investment flow and how you invest and i think here open banking will become a really really big topic in the whole wealth management industry over the next years i, I still even i find it astonishing that nobody is really active in the trying to um, get uh, open banking uh, technology into wealth management industry, and I think there's tremendous potential uh, yep. lying uh, on the street and will be lifted over the next years.
0: Fully agree. I think I would like to make that a little bit more tangible as well, because what what you just mentioned—that's um, exactly the way I've been. Uh, uh, yeah, I I basically analyzed your product a little bit, and um, let's say I, uh, you know, um, I have a normal bank account, some at a normal bank in Germany, um, have 500 euros per month, let's say, um, uh, available to basically invest. And I don't do anything about it. And I think that's where your product comes in. Because um, let's say you get, first of all, your users give you assets to the main bank account where you receive your salary, right? That's like the first step. And that's, that's basically the open banking part. So you get access to accounts. You analyze what's going on there and you can basically make a recommendation and say, Hey, Adrian, you could basically set aside 500 euros easily per month. Is that correct?
1: That's totally correct. And the beauty is, next month you may spend more, or even get, let's say, a bonus. So you could also invest more or less. So our personalized investment plan is really adapting to the changing needs of end customer. Uh, I, I think that's really an interesting factor that you that you know also with Unit Plus, not only my money is uh, invested in a wise way but also in an optimal way that is fitting my own lifestyle and we also have the philosophy if you spend more in a month than you earn for example uh, let's yeah. say you're living from a credit you should not invest at first hand you can if you like to but you should not so our product yeah. here is also putting i would say um Um, decision making process into account that makes a lot of sense and once again Mm -hmm. I I don't say that we are getting the 2.8 trillion that are uh, laying around here but that's exactly the money and it is stacking up it is not that the the amount is melting down it's actually stacking up and that was even before corona so there's there needs to be a kind of I think a help mechanism here and that's correctly what you just mentioned
0: Okay, so so then you give the recommendation that you can basically invest five hundred euros per month, or let's say in August, whenever. Um, where does that money go? So you you give user the user gives you consent also through a, a payment initiation provider to basically get that money into a deposit account um, or. Can you explain maybe like the customer flow? How does it work afterwards?
1: Yeah, exactly. So you are opening up your own depot with our custodian bank partner, right? Because the ETFs and the portfolio has to be stored somewhere. So you are opening up your own depot. And then it is invested in the portfolio that the person chooses during the onboarding process. We also have different risk levels, right? Because we think uh, not every person should invest with the same risk appetite and doesn't have the same risk appetite. But once you choose your portfolio, um, it is getting invested, the 500 euro in your example, in that kind of portfolio, more or less in an automatic way. Normally, you still have to make the push. Yes, I like to invest the 500 or the 400. The user always stays in control. And I think that's also really important. That's Mm -hmm. the part of how the money is getting managed as an inflow. Uh, obviously, okay. you can also pay one-time investments or the regular saving plan every month, 50 or 100 euro. But okay. that's not our concentration there. Yeah.
0: Okay. And then talking about that fund, uh, that it, it's just a, as you mentioned, it's an ETF fund. So, um, do you have like an? Did you build that up yourself, or do you have like an investment advisory in the background that you cooperated with to actually build these funds off?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So we build up up by ourselves. Um, I mean, my background is in the investment industry. We have one of our advisors uh, was also a former, really well known portfolio manager. We worked with a couple of um, um, ETF providers with really strong financial um, uh, back testing. So we really made our life not easy here. And since we are working uh, from a corporation perspective with a full banking partner in the back, he or uh, uh, the banking partner also had to approve it. So there were a lot of steps to make sure. But I think um, um, from the initial reasoning came from us. And as I mentioned, uh, we we also like to take the sustainability part a bit more into into focus. So we only choose the not only ESG kind of so environmental, social, governmental investment criteria, but even went a bit down more down strictly for the social responsible investing. I guess that's also would be a room for another podcast here, but uh, that's really something where we thought also we like to follow our own roots and how we like to invest, that's a good thing. We are 11 people currently, Within Unit Plus, and we would also all all use our product. Not would we will. So it's 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 coming back to your first question. It's one of the fulfilling parts, right? You're building up a product where you not only think it will be for the end customer, but it is also actually for you.
0: Absolutely. So so after that, money then flows into your fund. um, You give you make that basically available through um, your Mastercard, right? Um, That that people can basically choose to pay with that portfolio
1: whenever they want yeah and the beauty is if they don't choose to pay it is invested so it's actually working that's really uh, the the core of the unit plus concept you don't have to decide it's uh, you're not regretting if you're not using your money because then it's invested and if you like to spend it for whatever reason uh, you can
0: all right all right that sounds very interesting so just being conscious of time so my last question would be I think now we close the loop how how the product works Um, how, what's your vision on like what what needs to happen to make uh, your product a success? Are there certain elements that need to come in place? How, how do you envision like the future of of Unit Plus?
1: yeah yeah good question so uh, the vision would be really uh, a world without what we call unproductive money so nothing uh, laying around anymore there are a lot of companies i think going in that direction and then we will see worldwide changes uh, but that will yep. not happen overnight that's really it's a vision let's emphasize the word vision here yep. what needs to happen to make unit plus a great success so first of all as you mentioned we like to go live end of this year uh, we already have a website and a waiting list for people who are interested in that. And then afterwards, it's really bringing the message to the people. And as I mentioned, uh, the the initial uh, campaigns and reactions were really, really promising. I think we have unique ways to bring the message to the uh, to the people, and it's it's just on us to to de- to deliver here. Uh, yeah. Midterm ideas we have quite a lot, also in the in the. Um, b2b space more working with merchants here and stuff like that but for everybody who is a startup founder and listening here or trying to uh, go in a startup focus is also important right so we are focused now on go live and then we will see how it evolves over over the next months and quarters and years
0: amazing so everyone who's interested um, you can check out unitplus.eu where you can also then uh, get your place on the waiting list And um, yeah, all, all the best for the future, Fabian.
1: Thanks, Adrian. For you too. Bye bye. Bye bye.